Welcome to Engineering Experience, where engineering thought leaders share insight on how to deliver results, manage outsourcing, find the right engineering partners, maximize experience, generate engineering documents, and come out with smarter and improved products through innovation and invention. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Cellular technology, which is enabling IoT devices, has taken step forwards in terms of the technology that is utilized, making these devices more accessible to implement and to manage. And we're going to talk all about that today with two guests. We have Marco Stracuzzi. He is the head of product marketing for Tellit. Marco, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Tyler. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here with you. Yeah, it's wonderful to talk to you today, Marco. And then we also have Mike Wilkinson, the CEO of Paragon Innovations. Mike, great to talk to you as well, sir. Glad to be here. Excellent, excellent. Well, Marco, let's start off uh, with the first question going to you. Uh, cellular technology in recent years has evolved with IoT applications in mind. What? Tell me a little bit more about this technology and how that's really helped the expansion of IoT devices. Yeah, right. Uh, so after, after many years of... Uh, uh, cell phone-centric technologies, uh, 3GPP, uh, the industry body responsible for approving the specification of cellular standards, they have recently, uh, let me say finally, defined two new technologies that are designed from the ground up to address the requirement of IoT application. So having in mind connected objects rather than humans using smartphones. These new two IoT standards are called LTM, also known as uh, CATM or CATM1, where M stands for machines, as we used to call the, uh, to call the connected objects uh, back in the days. And the other standard is narrowband IoT. Uh, they were published in 2016 by 3GPP in, uh, in the release uh, 13 of their specifications. Nowadays, they are supported by, by all major mobile equipment, uh, chipset and module manufacturers. And, and they are widely available in the networks, uh, for example, in US, but as well as in, in other countries in Europe and Asia. And they are being rolled out in more and more markets uh, as we speak. So, so LTM and, uh, and narrowband IoT uh, provide low power consumption compared to previous generation of cellular technologies, allowing battery operated devices to work in the field for uh, for a very long time, can be days, can be weeks, months, or even up to a few years. It depends on on the frequency of the data transmissions in the in the application. They also provide wide area coverage uh, for both outdoor and and indoor scenarios, including deep in building deployments. So basically, for their low power consumption and wide area coverage features, those technologies are commonly referred to as cellular LPWA low power, wide area, precisely. Absolutely. And so, Marco, thank you so much for uh, for explaining those uh, those technologies and kind of getting into a little bit more detail. Mike, are there any, uh, is there any context or any other details that you'd like to add to, uh, to what Marco said there? Well, I couldn't have done a better job. So uh, he did a great job of just explaining that. I would also add to that, though, would be that LTM is kind of being more adopted currently in the U.S., North America, and BIoT is kind of taking its run first in Europe. Although um, over time, we expect those to cross-pollinate uh, uh, there as well as the rest of the world. Absolutely. So, Mike, when we talk about uh, maybe upgrading these applications and people are talking about adding these, these IoT devices um, in various use cases, how do you help your clients upgrade their applications uh, in a way that is smooth and has a minimal impact on the design, right? 
So for those that are already, uh, that have a cellular uh, design in their, in their product, there's a good chance that the radio, especially like the Telet series radios where they're footprint compatible, you can drop in uh, an LTEM or, well, it's LTEM slash NBIOT radio that fits in the same socket on the board and all that has to be changed is the antenna, electrically that is, and then uh, software-wise, things can be added to take advantage of the LTE features or the M1 features or the MBIOT features, which is primarily around low power um, and low data rate communication. So typical things like a water meter that only needs to talk once, you know, only a few times a month mm -hmm. uh, is best suited for that. And it may have been in a different radio technology earlier, but it's pretty, pretty easy to, to transfer over to the new, new radios. Right, yeah. And Marco, is there anything that, that you want to talk about just as far as, um, you know, upgrading equipment and making sure that that happens in a smooth and, and easy manner? As Mike mentioned, the way to mitigate the redesign effort for device manufacturers is to, to keep hardware and software compatibility across different modules supporting different technologies. I, I can bring the, the example of the, the multiple technology transitions that we have seen, uh, I would say since uh, uh, 2012, uh, especially in the, in the US where operators are very advanced in deploying new technologies in their networks. So we have seen at least six different cellular technologies uh, from 2G, GSM, GPRS to CDMA1X. Uh, then from CDMA, we saw the transition to UMTS HSPA, and then the move to 4G LTE with uh, with different flavors of uh, of LTE categories three, four, then down to one, and and Captain one today, and 5G is just around the corner. So so you can imagine that helping uh, customers to to limit their uh, hardware and software uh, development effort every time they need to upgrade their application. Mm -hmm. to follow the technology evolution, it's, uh, it's very important to, to future-proof uh, their investment. Right. Um, so, so Marco, you, you mentioned 5G there, and you mentioned just, you know, future-proofing their investment. You know, how can, if people are concerned that this technology won't carry forward into 5G, how can you help put those concerns to rest and really kind of uh, explain how this technology works in conjunction with 5G to make sure that these products last for a very long time and future-proof, like you mentioned? Yes, this is an important point to, to clarify. Thanks for, uh, for asking the question. So, LTM and Narrowband IoT, are long-term technology, as they will be supported by, by the 5G networks of the future. Um, this means that these technologies will stay in the cellular networks for many years to go. They will coexist uh, with 5G. They will integrate it in 5G radio and core networks. Uh, this is uh, official, 3GPP has officially agreed that all the low power wide area use cases will continue to be addressed by evolving NBIoT and LTM as part of uh, 5G specification. Uh, practically, uh, this means that uh, uh, LTM and narrowband IoT devices will be fully integrated into a 5G network. Maybe they will require some software updates, but this is perfectly fine because we always make sure that our products are uh, firmware upgradable over the air. 
uh, and that is exactly to, to future-proof the devices uh, in which they are embedded. Absolutely, Mike. Uh, is there anything uh, that you want to add just on that that transition and as we move forward into a 5G world, how you know concerns can be put to rest as far as uh, how IoT uh, devices can work into that as well? Sure, two things. One, um, the terminology FOTA or FOTA is the idea of a field upgradable over-the-air update. And it's much like your PC has Windows update that every now and then gets a security update or whatnot. It's the very same thing that we do with the cellular radios. Second, that is just an example. We have a product that's international, and uh, it started off at a 2G radio. We've, we've been able to just change it out to a 3G radio and then to the CAT LTE M1 radio of recent. Same hardware, same circuit board, just change the radio out, a little bit of software, and the software knows which radio it's talking to, just a little bit of software upgrade, and just uh, and all that's based around a, a, a tele-series set of radios. It just shows that upgrade path and compatibility over all these these years. So that's that's where we're headed in the future, and we're going to see more of that. And that's why that's this upgrade path to LTE is just going to be the it's going to be the bomb for anybody doing um, low power wireless, low data rate communications. Yeah, I like that phrase, the bomb. I think that's uh, I think that's a great way to put it. I think that's an awesome way to put it. So, Mike, let's talk about some primary use cases for uh, some of these IoT applications. You mentioned offshore there. I, I think that, that maybe one of the, the primary growth areas that we've seen for this is shipping containers, right? Can, can you talk me through a little bit more of that use case and how IoT devices are deployed in this particular manner? Yeah, so this particular product is a, a breach detection system for shipping containers, uh, just as an example. But you know that's a product that works in many many countries. This particular product's in over 180 countries, um, and it's got to work on all those cellular networks and be compatible. And you know some radio technologies like LTE are not available regular LTE uh, throughout the world. Um, we in the U.S. you know have the luxury of usually the latest greatest stuff, uh, as Marco was talking about. So having a radio that can talk across multiple different radios. Uh, protocols around the world is great. So our our M1 solution actually has a 2G as well. So it can talk in those countries today that haven't upgraded yet to LTEM or MBIOT, um, as well as the the countries that are more advanced, uh, like the U.S. and uh, Japan and others that have, that have already got the LTEM implemented. So um, that's one way. Then there's just plenty of other industries that are just really going to be taking advantage of for the first time ever, a cellular radio technology that was specifically designed for machines to communicate. So everything from uh, agricultural things, home security, meter reading, uh, wearables, healthcare, you know, uh, for compliance in healthcare. Now you go home and you do your exercise and now you have a device you're wearing that doesn't have to be connected to your Wi-Fi at home and type in some password key thing. It just ubiquitously communicates over the internet back to your healthcare provider and um, just, that's that's where we're headed with with all this LTEM stuff yeah because uh, you know th there are devices I have in my home that are connected to the Wi-Fi but if the Wi-Fi goes down or if we lose power that all of that loses connectivity but in this case uh, what, what you're describing about 5g that wouldn't necessarily be a concern right exactly I mean one of the problems with well I love Wi-Fi but you know, if you think about installing a device that, say, measures the refrigeration temperature of a restaurant and makes sure that there's nothing nothing spoils in there and corporate wants to see that. Well, if it's connected to Wi-Fi, someone's got to take this temperature thing that doesn't have a keyboard or display and somehow program it to understand what the the uh, Wi-Fi password is, et cetera. And then 
if the if the restaurant owner changes out that Wi-Fi for some other reason, or the AT&T guy comes out and changes, the problem is that now you have a new Wi-Fi and corporate doesn't know. But if you're on LTEM, it's low power. It just works. It doesn't change. It's like the cell phone that just keeps on going. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Marco, uh, Mike just mentioned uh, one of the particular uh, use cases and applications of this is in healthcare. And that's really an area that you've seen quite a bit of IoT-based technology uh, really take off. Kind of explain a little bit more about the applications uh, of IoT that you've seen across the healthcare industry. Uh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm happy to, to bring a few examples uh, about uh, e-health, uh, telehealth, or telemedicine, as you, as you want to call it. So, for example, mm-hmm. we, we have a customer who developed a, a connected uh, glucometer. Uh, so this, this device uh, is able not only to send uh, uh, glucose value readings to the doctor, but it is also able to open a, a two-way dialogue between the patient with the meter in, in the hands and the healthcare service. So, so the patient is constantly informed about uh, the current health status and the, and the therapy results. And so they can get suitable suggestions in, in real time. So in most of the cases, telemedicine, telehealth, it's really about empowering patients to take control of their health by improving adherence to, to testing, to therapy. So it, it really helps to follow the therapy. On the other hand, uh, electronic health, telehealth solutions can, uh, can help the, the caretakers, the, the doctors in their activities because they can uh, better monitor and, uh, and help the patients uh, from, from remote, but they can also um, see all the data stored and processed in, in dashboard. And this can really help them in, in taking better, better decisions. Uh, other nice examples are uh, a connected uh, pill box. So in order to help monitor patient adherence and, and provide uh, real-time feedback uh, through cellular technology, uh, there are these wireless portable pill box. And, and we were talking before about the difference between cellular and Wi-Fi. So you, you don't have Wi-Fi everywhere, while we can say you have cellular connectivity almost everywhere. So also outdoor, not only indoor. And, uh, and that's a great advantage if we talk about a pill box, for example. You can, you can bring it to, to a park uh, doing a picnic. And, and, and if you need to take the, the pill at, the, at one specific hour in the day uh, with cellular connectivity, uh, you are connected. So you can be uh, reminded that you have to take the pill. Uh, you can get email SMS. Why I, I want also to to go back to the Wi-Fi cellular uh, comparison, sure. uh, especially if we talk about healthcare. Uh, security is a, is a is a concern, and and Wi-Fi, to be honest, is a technology uh, user friendly, but but not that secure. It's it's very easy to to hack a Wi-Fi system, while uh, cellular technology as among its main advantages the fact that it has uh, built-in security so it is natively secured and especially when we talk about IoT uh, about millions of devices connected you can imagine uh, each and every device in the field is potentially a door to breach the system and so you, you can understand how important uh, is to to secure the device at the edge, but to secure the full end-to-end communication channel uh, from the device to the cloud. Uh, 
and uh, and, and and this is uh, much uh, powerful with uh, with cellular technology than than Wi-Fi. As an insulin-dependent diabetic, I love having my wireless uh, glucose meter, and um, I don't have a pillbox. We're developing a pillbox right now for a client. Same thing, idea with wireless being cellular, something you can carry around and ubiquitous. And cellular, LTEM cellular is less power than Wi-Fi, far less power utilization. So that's another big plus for battery operated gadgets. Absolutely. And you can really see the, the benefits for, for healthcare providers and for doctors. Not only can they provide improved care as a result of this, but also, you know, if you can reduce the number of visits for things that can be taken care of, you know, just by simply being able to check in on patients and make sure that, you know, they're doing the, the th you know, the, the physical therapy that they've been required to do, uh, things like that, then they're able to provide more targeted care and also uh, probably cut down on unnecessary visits, right, that, that you can now monitor those activities and monitor the health of a patient without needing them to necessarily always come in, which, uh, you know, it, it fills up a schedule, you know, takes time out of the day from maybe other patients that need attention, right, Mike? So, so that, that seems to be a big benefit for, for healthcare providers. Absolutely. The trend that we're seeing in the industry is, is definitely compliance for healthcare. So now we have, we have a way to monitor and do, um, and we've got another device we're developing right now for that's for compliance with, uh, people who have IV pumps at home to make sure they're using it when they're supposed to use it for as long as they're supposed to use it for their infusions. And it's just one more way to make sure that we, the healthcare dollars that are being spent uh, not to be political, but the healthcare dollars being spent are in fact going to people who are using them and not just coming in for their weekly doctor, a monthly doctor appointment and, and, you know, and saying they did their, their therapy or, and actually really didn't do a very good job of it. Right, right. Yeah, the, the, the level of accountability certainly improves. Um, when when devices like this are implemented, um, now Marco, you know we, we've talked a lot about the connectivity of these devices, but uh, there's there's also a, a discussion to be had about uh, device management. So how can your customers and your clients really ensure that they are able to manage all of their devices that they have in the field? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Connecting devices at the edge to be able to get data out of them is just the beginning uh, of, uh, of what we call the IoT journey. Uh, but it is not, uh, it's not enough uh, to, to connect a device to make an IoT project successful. In fact, once you are able to, to connect uh, thousands or, or even millions uh, of objects in the field, you are, you are only halfway. Uh, because then you need to make sure you can manage all these uh, objects remotely. I'm talking about the importance of uh, uh, device management uh, uh, for example, uh, the importance to, to have the ability to monitor the behavior of your connected object remotely and take uh, corrective actions uh, as needed. Uh, I'm talking about the possibility, and we discussed it before, uh, to upgrade the, the software over the air of, uh, of the device. It can be to, to fix uh, unexpected bugs uh, or simply to keep up, to keep up with, uh, with the network technology evolution, as we discussed at the beginning. Uh, but, but you need to have the ability to, to monitor the devices and, uh, and take some actions uh, when required. Also, connectivity management is, uh, is crucial to make sure your, uh, your devices in the field are always connected and, and reachable. And also, connectivity management is important uh, to, to understand 
what the devices are, are doing in the field and to avoid unpleasant surprises in terms of data consumption and ultimately billing. Uh, so if, uh, if, uh, if a device goes, uh, goes into a loop and keeps sending uh, data uh, to the network, it may consume a lot of, uh, a lot of traffic and, and you want to avoid uh, this kind of behavior and you want to avoid to, to pay for, uh, for this unexpected behavior. And the only way to do it is, is to be able to manage all the devices and, and all the SIM cards you have in the field from, uh, from a single pane of glass. You need to have a dashboard uh, where you, you can have everything uh, under control. Yeah, Mike, is there anything you'd like to add just uh, on the topic of device management? And uh, I, I love what Marco was talking about, just about, uh, you know, a dashboard and, and having that sort of uh, ability just to monitor devices that are out in the field. Exactly. Well, I couldn't have said it better again. Marco's, Marco's pretty good at this. I think he's been doing it a while. <laughs> he's on the ball, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're too kind, Mike. Uh, yeah, maybe I think, I think you might know uh, some of the solutions uh, we, we offer in terms of uh, web portal, dashboard uh, to, to monitor the devices in the field. So, so I hope you, you find it useful, user-friendly, and, and, and this is really the, the proposition. It's giving uh, the, the customers tools uh, that are easy to use, uh, that are simple, but at the same time that are effective uh, to, to they make are. sure they can really control their deployment. They are. Our team, we sent our team out for training uh, a few years ago. And uh, yeah, that worked out really well. That, and, it's, and it's especially important, I would suggest to people that they get trained so they can maximize the use of all the dashboarding ability with the portal um, that, that Talent has to offer. It certainly has helped us. Yeah, Tyler, I, I, think, I think when we talk about uh, IoT projects, so we talk about connectivity, we talk about device management, connectivity management. Uh, you can understand it's, uh, it's important to, to leverage on the experience of uh, experts, of companies that are working in the IoT or M2M, as it was called uh, uh, before space. And, and that's exactly what, uh, what Telip and, and Paragon are, are doing. They are, we are trying to, to, to offer to customers our experience, our expertise, uh, to to make sure they, they are successful in uh, in their digitization and, and IoT projects. Yeah, because uh, M Mike, you can probably speak to this pretty well. Just that the the, the expectation is not that the is is probably not that that your clients or your your customers or, or the end users of these products are necessarily experts in the technology. So what you want to be able to do is provide you know easy ways for them to interact with the devices in in ways that make sense to them, right? So so you want it to be accessible. You don't want them to have to be experts in IoT and cellular technology in order to be able to use this. Great example is uh, CPAP machines. I have a CPAP. Mm -hmm. Um, and it has a cellular radio in it. It communicates to my healthcare provider every morning how well I slept and all the parameters and data. You don't have to know that it exists. If you, if you, if you aren't a techie junkie and know that it's even in there, you'd have no idea that that is a completely self-contained piece of that equipment that I've never set up. There's no buttons. There's no nothing. It just works. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, well uh, Marco and Mike, this has been a really fun conversation just to learn a little bit more about what's going on in the world of IoT and how cellular technology has really taken this forward and is prepared for the 5G world uh, that is coming and, uh, and what all is going on in the world of device management also. So, uh, Marco and Mike, thank you guys so much for, uh, for joining me today and talking a little bit more about this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It was a real, real pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. And everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes. Uh, but until then, make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. And once again, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.